Welcome to the Grow Your Wealth Podcast, the place for active and aspiring entrepreneurs. Join us every week for industry advice and expert information to aid you on your journey to financial freedom. Now from your hosts, Anna Swartz-Lopez and Vernon Williams. Hello, everybody. I am Anna Swartz-Lopez. And this is Vernon Williams. Thank you for joining us today on this episode of Grow Your Wealth Podcast. Today, we'll be talking about the importance of insurance during COVID-19. So, Vernon, I've been thinking about insurance and what role it plays in this pandemic. And I was curious as to your thoughts on this. Yeah, Anna. So it's quite uh, funny that you should mention that, uh, uh, what role it would play, because it turns out that insurance will play a huge role in this this pandemic. Uh, Already we've seen some litigation started by across the board uh, for things like business insurance. Um, and we can get into that a little bit later. Um, but right now, um, this this pandemic has caused a lot of consternation on the parts of um, all different parties involved with insurance, because in this particular case, we're looking at many different lines of insurance, uh, many different types of insurance, all being impacted all at the same time and almost universally. That and that is unprecedented. That's an overworked word these days, but that's unprecedented. So although we've seen lots of natural sure. disasters in the past, this is one where it's going to have a, a, a significant impact on a lot of different stakeholders. Sure. That makes sense. Insurance is all about spreading the risk, right? But what do you do when everybody gets hit all at the same time? That's interesting. Can you can you describe a little more about what you're what you're seeing in the field right now? Yeah, so um, so there, there are three different sets of stakeholders that I've identified. Of course, there's a the general public, and that's everybody. Uh, I, I want to categorize them as consumers. And then there's businesses, large, small, intermediate, and this, in general, just business, very broad categories. And then there's insurance companies, which is the counterweight, if you will. So you have people that buy insurance, businesses and individual, personal and commercial lines. And then you have the insurance companies. And of course, you've got a third-party arbiter. Uh, which is the the government and the regulators. So those will play. They have an impact also. So um, those are the kinds of things that that we see out there. But uh, so businesses will be concerned about business insurance, liability insurance, unemployment insurance because they get to pay most of the premiums that cover unemployment insurance. Workers' comp, we know what that is, and of course health insurance since most people get their insurance, uh, the health insurance through their employers. And of course, the public will worry about health insurance. That's obvious. Life insurance, we'll talk about why, not in this episode, but later. And auto and, auto and home insurance rates and what happens um, when you lost your job and those kinds of things. So uh, insurance companies, on the other hand, which will be counterweight to those kinds of worries, will be worried more about uh, regulators. Uh, the regulators might force uh, re- more required premiums, uh, I'm sorry, reserves which might cause an increase in premiums. Of course, they have to worry about claims. Claims are always um, top of mind for insurance companies, those that are legitimate and those that are fraudulent. You probably see a greater increase in fraudulent claims, which means more money has to be set aside to fight that fraud. So that's another expense that they'll have to come up with. And so these are the kind of things that insurance companies always review. But in this particular pandemic, 
um, with no way to run, if you will, um, these things will, 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 will highly impact their, 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 their viability even. And so I think that this time is, tr is truly different. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And thanks for that. It's kind of a broad overview of what's happening in the insurance world right now. But I think right now people are more most concerned about health insurance. And can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So you're absolutely right. Health insurance is really top of mind for those that have lost their insurance, uh, either through a loss of the job or through the fact that they can no longer buy insurance because they've lost their income if they were uh, a business owner. And so um, that, that, that is, is, is a huge problem. Of course, that'd be a problem anytime, but given the fact that in this particular instance, there's a pandemic out there, uh, <laughs> then it means that not only would you have lost your job, but you have lost your your, your wherewithal to 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 stay well. So, um, <clears throat> because approximately half of the population gets its health insurance from an employer, obviously as unemployment rises, so too uh, does the level of uninsurance. So, people that have lost their job obviously lost their health insurance, and that's becoming a major uh, problem. Not only obviously on the health of the individual on public health at large because the more sick people we have out there sick men well not mentally of course <laughs> although that could be a concern uh the more uh ill people that we have out there um the more uh chance there is of of extending the the the, the, the or or not curing the pandemic as as quickly as possible so that's also a concern. Okay. So so if somebody just lost their job and so lost their health coverage. What are some things that they can do? Well, it turns out that there are essentially four different buckets, if you will, four different categories of things, four different things that they can uh, they can use to acquire healthcare. Um, th the most obvious is if you've lost your job, depending on your employer, uh, there's COBRA. Um, and then there is uh, there are private health plans, there are exchange plans, uh, colloquially known as Obamacare, <laughs> the politics aside, that's quite interesting. And then there are public plans for the elderly and for some of the indigent. So there, there are four different buckets, and we can look at those as we move forward. Okay, so let's tackle it then. Okay. What's that first bucket, COBRA? So COBRA, COBRA is a, an acronym for a long, drawn-out regulatory word. So we want to get into what it actually means, but uh, what it expands to, rather. But um, essentially what it says is that the, the government has mandated that if you if you're an employer and you've got 20 or more employees, then you should be you should offer your employees to the extent that you've laid them off or reduced their hours an opportunity to continue their health insurance plan um, by carrying the weight themselves. But in other words, they can continue to pay for their own insurance. Uh, you give them that option but it's unsubsidized by you or anybody else. So that's that's what essentially what COBRA is. Now, there's some pros and cons to each one of these, of course. And the pros to COBRA is that you can continue with your health plan um, as uh, as though it was uninterrupted, because essentially it would be the only difference is that you'd be paying the premium. So you'd still see the same 
providers have the same limits, same coverage, and everything else. So there's continuity in that regard. Um, in addition to that, um, you might be able to use uh, money that's in your flexible spending account uh, if you had had one set up by your employer. Um, if you don't know what that is, uh, we can talk about it. But essentially, it's a plan that allows you to put away money every year uh, and to, to be spent on health insurance. And the other thing is that money from that flex spending account might not be tax de deductible because of what was already uh, <clears throat> taxed. But um, the, the premium that you pay for Kroger could be tax deductible if they're uh, um, beyond a certain level, if they're specifically 7.5% or greater than your adjusted gross income. Those are for the tax experts. But depending on how much money you've spent and how much money you earn, your premiums might be tax deductible. And of course, um, getting COBRA or continuing that plan will give you time to shop around for some cheaper alternatives. So you're not without health insurance um, while you're shopping. Now, that's a key, a very key, uh, uh, key point there, because it turns out that if you had a lapse in coverage uh, for whatever reason, then it's harder to get insurance because the insurance company said, well, well, we didn't know what was happening, all this. You might have something that no one detected or no one knew about. So um, we have to, we're not really, we really don't want to insure you. you. might have to, but we really don't want to insure you. So a lapse oh, wow. in coverage um, is I a problem. I was not aware of that. That's it important is, yes. to know. Yeah, it is. So you don't want to get a lapse if you can avoid it. That's one of the reasons that COBRA is important. Uh, so you want to make sure that you keep that. Okay. Right. Okay. Oh. Yeah. That's great. Okay. So what yeah. about private health insurance? Can you tell me what so, my options are there? Yeah. So private health insurance is just like it sounds. You go to one of the guys that you know, uh, the people that you know, they advertise on TV, you know, the Blue Health, and Blue, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, those kinds of people. And you say, I'm looking for a plan. And they'll say, here, here are 200 plans, pick one. So, um, and there are all kinds of different options that you have available to you relative to the coverage, the limits, um, the providers and all of those kinds of things. So there's a lot of things to consider. The, the, the problem with that approach is obviously that's like drinking from a fire hose. So the best approach is to get a broker, a seasoned uh, health insurance broker that can shop around and get you the best options and ex well, get you some options at least and have and explain those options to you. So let the broker do the shopping for you. But essentially, this is where you pay for your own health insurance from a private insurance carrier, um, and it allows you, obviously, to, it gives you a lot more options. So these are some of the pros. You can pick things that you want explicitly. Um, one of the things that happens in a group plan, let's say from an employer, is that the employer picks a plan that is uh, for the aggregate of the or the average profile. So let's say you have 200 people. They'll pick things in there for down the middle that will cover almost every, well, the most common things that they have found. But those things might not appeal to you or you might not have a need for them. For example, if you are in an age outside of childbearing age, then um, pregnancy coverage might not be of interest to you, but you might have to pay for that. However, if you go into a private health insurance carrier, you can eliminate that option and obviously spend those dollars on something else. So those are some of the pros. Some of the cons is that you might need to change um, the carriers, uh, not the carriers, your providers, because some of the providers that are available to you might not accept, uh, um, let me say that differently. Some of the, the existing 
doctor and providers might not accept the plan that you end up with for because you're picking based obviously on or most option most often on price and your doctor that you currently have might not take that plan so you may have to choose a new one so that's one of the cons but that in itself is um is is something that is easily overcome because you build a new relationship with a new with a new set of providers okay so you mentioned using a health insurance broker to find this though now i would imagine if you have just lost your job and you're trying to figure it out yourself yes it's completely overwhelming to try to sort through the insurance options but how would someone in that situation go about finding a health insurance broker that would be willing to help them as one individual and and that's a great question now so it turns out that um, the government, the government, government, the local state government, and at some level, the federal level also, there is some help for the consumer. So if you went, were to go onto the Department of Insurance website and search for brokers, they'll tell you who is good and who's bad and those kinds of things. They won't tell you how knowledgeable they are, but they'll tell you if there are any, any complaints filed against them. So that's a start. Now, you would cross-reference anything you get there from... Uh, the the covered California, which we'll get to next, but um, so covered California, and we'll get to that. If you go onto their website and ask for a provider, uh, they'll give you a list of brokers, and even if you don't buy insurance through them, you can get a list of brokers. And you know, at least those brokers, um, we don't know how reputable they are, but they would be knowledgeable. They'd be registered with the state and with Cover California because it does take some effort to do that. So they might be more conscientious in, in their approach to the public. And then, of course, a third option would be well, a, a third option would be um, going to some of these social uh, social media platforms and doing a search or just asking people that you know. Um, yeah, unfortunately, the days of walking down the street corner and knocking on someone's door and say, you know, I want to come in and talk to you, those days are pretty much gone. But um, the equivalent is online. So I would say start online and either through the government's websites and those kinds of things to find someone that's knowledgeable. Okay, that's helpful. I did not, I'll be honest with you, Vernon, I did not know there was a Department of Insurance at the state level. I suppose it makes sense, but I just had never thought about that before. Yes, there is. <laughs> okay, so yeah. so let's move on to the next one then. Covered California. Okay, so Covered California is the equivalent uh, of the federal government website uh, for Obamacare. So, in a number of states, when Obamacare was adopted in 2014, a number of states. Um, uh, decided that they were going to set up their own exchange, essentially as an online platform to sell insurance based upon the government guidelines. And some states decided that they were not going to do that. Um, the states that decided that they weren't going to implement their own, um, they used the federal, uh, the federal equivalent of a website, the federal website to sell these policies because it was a federal law. It was a, obviously a national law, I should say. And so the states that decided to set these things up, they've got their own brand names. Um, and in California, the, the California equivalent is called Covered California. Now, the way that Covered California works, just like with all the other um, uh, state and federally operated health uh, exchanges, is that they sell different insurance plans 
through uh, different, well, the same channels, but they're from regional carriers. So if you go into, for example, there are nine carriers in Northern California, and there's some overlap in Southern California, but they're not exactly the same. And if you went to Oregon, you'll find another set of nine or 10 and so forth. So regionally, you'll find a, a number of carriers. And those carriers agreed to sell these plans uh, based upon income. There's some of these things are subsidized. And so to the consumer, it can get overwhelming and confusing quickly. Um, they have made, Cover California has made a, a really valiant effort to, to simplify matters um, because it, it, uh, an individual does qualify for subsidies. You can get these things subsidized based upon your income relative to the federal poverty level. And so most people don't know what the federal poverty level is and all those other kinds of things. And so it asks you some, sim it meaning the website asks some simple questions and then you can get some answers. The, the trick is that once you get these answers back, well, how do you interpret them? And so that's where, again, um, Cover California comes in. They will recommend a broker or an agent and say, okay, you've got some basic information. Talk to this agent, talk to this broker, and they're trained to explain what these options are. And so if that fails, you can always call Cover California themselves, but that's not recommended because, again, you got to know what questions to ask and how to interpret the answers. So, um, so yeah, so okay. Cover California is, is, a great, is a great resource. Okay, good to know. Now, how about our last category? Okay, so the last category is Medicare or Medicaid. So, again, um, in every state, there is an indigent program. Indigent means people that are uh, below a certain poverty, uh, uh, below a certain income level. Um, and then there are people that might straddle two categories, below a certain income level, and it might be above a certain age. So, above a certain age, is the, health, the, the government provides Medicare um, uh, for everyone that reaches 65. Um, and then we can get into some of the specifics of Medicare. There's some Medicare doesn't cover everything that a senior might want. So there are some options that allow people to purchase some additional options on top of Medicare. And there's lots of different variations and permutations to Medicare. So that's, that's a specialty in and of itself. However, it is available. Sure, and for, I've yeah. and I've talked to uh, business la ladies who their job is to help people navigate. Medicare and, and Medicaid. So yeah, I, I think there's the resource there, just like the brokers in these other categories. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and Medicaid is a California thing. We have to name our things the way we want to name them. So that's for the indigent and um, and in other states, they have other names and the federal have their own name. But essentially, it's a, uh, I, I don't want to use this term, but that's the one that comes to mind, a poverty program for health insurance. So so that's that's where we are. Those are the options that are that are available to individuals. So you can see that uh, if you were to lose your job, uh, and, and subsequently, uh, or should I say, consequently lose your health insurance, um, there are options available um, up to and including free healthcare. Now, if all is if all else fails, one could simply walk into the emergency room and and receive care. But that <laughs> that obviously. Uh, could be problematic because it means that it's an emergency problems yeah. yes yeah. <laughs> so okay well thank you thank you for that vernon that's very helpful and i think is important right now for people to know what steps they can take if they find themselves in this situation so yeah 
I agree. So hopefully now we can get into some more details uh, during the next episodes. Okay, sounds good. Thank you, Vernon. And thank you, everyone, for listening in. And we will see you next time. Tune in next week for more nuggets on how to grow your wealth. Wherever you are in your journey to financial freedom, enjoy the ride and keep growing.